All right, everyone. Boy, welcome to another No Gi Required podcast. And I think today is a really special time because it's uh, since the day one we have the idea of the podcast, no one better than my master here, Hickson Gracie, to, to give us the meaning of Jiu-Jitsu and the legacy, all the steps that he made possible for all of us today to, to enjoy this art, his contribution around the world since the day he born. And I want to share a few guys on his own words, uh, all the steps until today's time that made him such a, to me, a superhero. And people grew up watching Superman in the movies and Batman, Spider-Man. I think I have the privilege to, to live be able to have access to someone who is the real superhero. Hickson, thanks for being here. Give us that opportunity to talk to you. My pleasure, brother. I feel like you're such an inspiring person in the jiu-jitsu world. I could not be happier to, to be here with you and share with you guys my view of jiu-jitsu. And man, it's um, evident a lot of the things I, I feel in a privileged position to to be able to leave so many great moments on your side, inside the school and outside the school. Um, I want to start asking you, going back in time is, do you remember the first day that you ever wear a gi? When was the first step? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving a gi before the diapers, so I kind of surprised. I expecting diapers and I get the gi. <laughs> Actually, you know, that's goes beyond my memory, but definitely I was, before even born, I was already comfortable in the roles in, inside my daddy's body. Man, and, and, and how is it for you, because you're not the oldest brother, you are, I think, the youngest among Horan Helson and you and Halls. How is it for you to be the one kind of looking, see the other ones growing up and evidently have your father as a, on the top looking to everyone? How is that for you? How is the view, is, when you understand the time, like, man, I, I, think, I think the beauty of being the youngster is the fact you're not responsible for anything you're not capable to create anything, but you're there like a sponge to absorb, to absorb the knowledge of the older brothers, how my dad deal with them, how my mother. So all the emotions, all the technical, all the emotional things, I could be in a, in a comfortable seat to observe and to respond to that in a very much uh, honest way because I want to be what they are. So, and become the youngster, you're not capable to, to do things. You cannot launch ideas or anything because you're the youngster. You, you don't know what you're doing. But on the other hand, you take advantage of the experience of the older guys have and, and be able to capitalize on their mistakes, on their goods and try to observe what's successful in their endeavors and, and try to imitate. So it was a great school for me, it's a great university of life and jiu-jitsu. And 
And every day, I think, in uh, watching their family and, and be able to live and, and, and hear so many stories from Uncle Hilo Grace and Uncle Carlos Grace and, and through the older brothers and everything. And I think it feels like sometimes from out looking to this, the affinity that you end up having with your brothers. Do you have on you, in a way, a portion of the influence of each brother to help build up who you are today? Oh, definitely, because they're all different. They all express themselves differently and they become different exposures of attitude, personality, emotions, techniques. So they all have personalities and different purpose in life. So I could, I could get the best of it to try to capitalize and, 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 and use what they have. Man, and, and, and an amazing thing is, and I'm trying to go back in my memory, is how is it for you and, and look around and see how big your father was? How big your father was in what we do? How much, and if you look at back, he changed this history of martial arts in the world since many years ago. How is it you growing up with your dad in that, like, I know it's several, but what do you take the most from Hilo Gracie as your father, as an, as an example, as doing so many things to you? How is it to look up like, man, my dad is this incredible human being. How is that for you? What few things that you still carry on today with you from the learning process under him? Yes, he is a very special person because as I'm growing up, I can feel he was an important figure for many. He was respectful, he was important, he was sometimes inspiring, sometimes people has fear of him. So he was a guy who's strong in all senses of the word. He was a powerful person. But for me, he never treated me, I never felt that power confront me or trying to make me go that way or that way. I always felt friendship. I always felt respect for my choices. He always allowed me to, to understand if I would choose the wrong doing or the right doing. And he was very respectful in that matter. He tried to make you understand what's the best of it. So he explained to you, he has patience enough because a good parent he cannot be disappointed with you. He has to have an endless patience to educate you, even if you make mistakes. And I told you, make mistakes, do it again, do it. So he has patience as a, as a father, as a teacher, to encourage people to do better. He always has the, the right argument to make you choose the best choice. And, uh, but he was very powerful. He's a very intimidating person for people who don't know him much. And I have also this understanding of I have to be follow that tradition. I have to be powerful as my dad. I have to be teaching jiu-jitsu. I have to be following the legacy. And even though he never asked me to do what I want to do, he always gave me the sense where if I do what he's saying will be the best choice. But from a sense where I have not, he's not a tyrant. And, and inflict power. He was a leader who gives love and respect and, 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 and advices and expect you to do good. So 
I never felt like a tyrant or, or a powerful boss. I felt like was a great father and friend, a very powerful guy who I tried to imitate. Is, is there any, any word or any phrase that marked you growing up from him? I, just, I don't know, that reminds you like, man, my dad said this and until today, that's something that I would never forget. Yes, Taihado <laughs> Buhu. <laughs> means it's wrong. I heard, I heard that too. <laughs> yeah. Because even though he liked you, like you're doing wrong, stupid, he said, you know, the, the intelligence is completely the opposite of being burro, being ignorant. Not ignorant, but being, because ignorant is the one who don't know. The guy who makes a mistake because he wants to make a mistake, he, he knows it's wrong. He's more than just ignorant. He's, he's, he's dummy, he's something wrong. So he goes immediately and says, hey, you're doing something wrong, you stupid. Pay attention. And then you kind of like a wake-up call, you know. And from that, he expects you to do good. And if you do wrong, he's not going to punish you. He's, not, he's just going to tell you again, oh, you see, I told you, that's a dummy thing to do. You, you pay for it now. And he make you think in the back of your hands, in the back of your head, said, yeah, my dad was right. I should not do this. I should not fear that. I should not go this way. And you get this as a good advice for you to implement in your life in the future. So he was a very special guy on that matter. How, how much on you is, has Hedo Gracie into you that you feel? In, in my senses, I, I try to, because my father has the... the, the, the is that a different timing, different moment, different era in life? But I think it's kind of feel... You have something that I don't know if anyone ever told you that. I remember as a kid, sitting on the table and not knowing who's walking into the room, but you can feel somebody's walking into the room. Then you look, it was Uncle Hito walking into the room. He has that energy that every time we feel that, we know he's coming. And we're not even knowing he's walking into. And I felt that with you too, many times at your academy, just sitting there and suddenly looking to the other direction, and you can feel something is walking in. When you came to our school to do a seminar, it's such, that. It's such a, yeah. a, a, you can't teach that. It's something that at the same time, you have that. I don't know if anybody ever told you that, but it's something that the presence, you can feel it. You don't have to see it. And I always felt that from your dad when I remember many times at Uncle Carlos Gray's house, we're eating something and I see always your dad come and talk to Uncle Carlos and you can feel, oh, somebody walk in. Yeah. And I had the same feeling years later with you. And it's incredible energy that I don't know many more people in the world that has such an impact on that energy level. Um, I, I thank you for you to say that. I, I'm not comfortable with the idea of having that with me. So because this but is a, in a very positive way. I understand said. that. I, is for me is a, is a compliment. But I'm not in charge of the compliment. What I'm in charge of is the profound love and profound belief in things in my mission. And my mission becomes bigger than myself. 
my mission becomes bigger than than any other con con component in my life. Did you feel in the early days you have a mission in your life towards Jiu-Jitsu, towards the legacy of the family? Did you yes. feel that? When I felt my talent in Jiu-Jitsu, when I felt my potential, I was a I was a choice for me to either go fully representing and dedicating myself to that or escape from my mission, escape from my talent, escape from my... Everything matters for me. So it was not a choice for me. It was a direct path for me to follow what I'm being designed for. Because I have brothers, I have cousins, we all training together. And I felt like I have an edge, mentally, emotionally, and technical edge over all my family, all, everybody trains with me. So it was something special, which I recognize as, you know, a gift from God, nothing something I decide to do or not. So in that point, I decide to embrace that mission. I, I noticed too that bringing to Jiu-Jitsu, you add so many other components that evidently made you a better person, but no doubt made your Jiu-Jitsu even bigger than before. You brought in this amazing need of nature, being nature, because you see growing up with you, the love you have for the ocean, to be near the tree and the forest, and also in search of the breathing, the health aspect. I know we grew up in a, in a healthy environment in terms of nutrition. Very few people always went outside of and bringing people into Jiu-Jitsu, as one of the biggest examples is the breathing aspect. Yeah. And the attachment you have and showing a lot of footage of your life with nature. How do how you feel or you can translate the need of that connection you, you have or you develop to nature and also bringing all these other components to make your Jiu-Jitsu so unique? Because I learned that. I have seven structures in my life, but no one even close of the understanding and the way you explain Jiu-Jitsu. And to me, as personal thing was a change in the whole prospect of what Jiu-Jitsu was, who actually what Jiu-Jitsu actually is. Yes. I see in my, in my mental, emotional, and technical preparation a point where I felt I have to improvise because the pressure is imaginable. If you don't know who you're gonna fight, for what rules, what kind of, who is coming from, I mean, what size. So I'm ready to fight anyone, anytime, any rules for as long as it takes, any weight division. So be prepared for something like that. Doesn't require only training at the gym. Doesn't require only emotional control. Doesn't require only a sense of spirituality because you have to surrender in one point to feel comfortable. So it's not only one or another, it's everything. So in one point, I have to feel like in control of my fears. How I can check that in almost daily basis? I have to check the nature because nobody can beat nature. You have to flow with nature. So big waves, big surf was always for something attract me for the fear, for the capacity for me to be engaging in something powerful and much bigger than me, which I have no control. 
and be able to capitalize with the right strategy, with the right emotional control and so on. So nature, it was a good parallel for me with something I cannot control and I have to be smooth and flow with. Same thing then when I learned breathing. First emotional claustrophobic feeling I have make me feel like I could not be comfortable if I could not control my breathing, if I'm not feel comfortable in a discomfortable situation. So I start to improvise in base, not only in surfing experience, but also in breathing learning process with the biogenastica in Orlando Cunning. How, how was that moment? How did you end up meeting Orlando Cunning? How was... was a student friend of me. He introduced me to this, to Orlando, because he said, the movements he does and the, and the way he breathes can help in Jiu-Jitsu, can help to be a, any athlete, volleyball player, soccer, whatever. And I, I meet the guy and he definitely was a great master and my mentor for life. Because you connect with him right away. Very much, yes. The first class we did was a group class in his studio. And after the first class he said, you, you have such a comfortable body mechanics and you're so young, I cannot teach you to produce a good results in a group. So I'm gonna teach privately to, to push yourself to the maximum. And we start to do it. And three months in this, like two, three times a week, I was already knowing all the moves. I was already following the leader with perfection. And then one day he is just, we arrived to teach for him to teach me a class and the bell ring, I mean the phone call, uh, rings and he said, you keep doing, I'm going to pick the phone. And I start to do it for the first time, just against the mirror and with things and movements and I start to feel like I was getting into a meditative state, an empty mind. And I basically wake up an hour, 15 minutes later, hanging myself in the up close to the wall in a, in a wood thing. And those bars there. Yeah, and I wake up like, what I'm doing here? And then I look, Orlando was in the corner. And that was after an hour and a half, basically, on your Yeah, I was not sure about how long it takes. And he told me, Hickson, you, you're done with me. You don't have to keep learning with me because you already get everything I could give you. And I said, why say that, master? said, because you're here for an hour and 15 minutes, I try to call you, I try to get your attention, and you just completely in the, in in the, the motion, zone. in the zone, meditative, you're not consciously mind, you subconsciously mind. And I'm impressed with that, that achievement. And I start to practice myself to, to get empty mind every time I could through breathing, exercising. And I was able to get a, 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 empty mind like a meditative state of mind which is the best for you to improve your intuition your, if, your peaceful you felt mind. your sensitivity in general improved? I felt, I felt like a bigger sense of purpose a, a less pressure from others from anxiety I have a better understanding of my mission I have better, better clear mind of what I need to improve what I have to let it go, and be more sharp in my intuition. Because that is, is something which, basically you have to follow your heart, basically you have to believe in yourself. And all those very internal elements within, you, get, you achieve by 
by accepting, by, by getting yourself strong from within. It's not something you learn and you, you put it in. It's something you almost breathe and start to feel a different sense of empowerment and, and, and sensorial mode. At what age did you have this enlightenment with your jiu-jitsu? Like when you started to feel like there was something that you had a, pardon the pun, a connection, like you felt like this is your calling, so to speak. Because in, in your book, you, it made it seem like it was something that happened to you when you were very young. This, before the breathing, just the jujitsu, because you mentioned earlier that you felt this, that you had this natural innate ability, this talent. Yeah, jujitsu for me plays a, plays a role of interacting completely with, with the, the moment. And once you're in the moment, you have to be able to capitalize on that moment, either to escape, either to feel comfortable and wait for a, for a mistake of your opponent, or either to capitalize that mistake and, and, and organize your things to finalize as quick as possible. So it is important because martial arts is, is a, in one point was the art of the battle for me. How I gonna confront, how I gonna win, how I gonna defeat my opponent. And as time goes by, becomes more like the art of conquering, which is different than the art of war, because the art of war is a confrontation. And the art of conquering is in everything, even conquering happiness, conquering relationships, conquering a car, conquering uh, whatever you want to conquer. So, but I feel like it's a similarity between both. And more I start to become comfortable as a kick-ass fighter are winning the fight. I felt like this was not enough. I have to bring to my students peace of mind. I have to make them feel happy. So the idea of battle sometimes doesn't appeal for anyone. Even for myself, if my idea now is to battle something, to conquer, I may not gonna have the appeal to battle. I wanna conquer it without the fight, without the, the confrontation. And that kind of flexibility make myself see the student, not as I wanna make this guy a champion. If he's not a champion, I'm gonna be disappointed with him. He don't, he don't deserve to be my student if he's not a champion. It's not like that. I wanna fulfill this guy's needs to happiness. So I wanna give him more, more control over his emotions. I wanna give him more peace of mind, I want to give him the ability to escape from discomfortable positions, the ability for him to be resilient. So by understanding the needs of my students, by understanding my purpose in life, my, my real important component was based on to add love in Jiu-Jitsu and with this love make my victories, make my students' victories, make my solutions, make my... So I start working with open mind to see what needs to be done to, to get better in, in such an important angle of my life. And at one point I felt like I have to be under the ice water, breathing in the snarkle. Nobody taught me that, but I felt like being under cold water is the closest thing to die.
because the discomfort was tremendous. So putting my head under the water and being ice cold and find myself in a comfortable breathing. And the amazing thing is this, that you find on your own of personal challenge for you to achieve a higher and higher level are very common today. Everybody's looking for the eyes. Yes. And what wants to be in that uncomfortable situation. Yes. Something and that you find out yeah, I was in a, in a road which I have no no driver on my on my car to give me, to guide me, to coach me. And my opponents, my my challenges were unpredictable. Can be anyone, any size, any style. So I have to prepare myself physically, technically, spiritually, emotionally. And anything who helped me emotionally, let's do it. Anything who helped me technically, let's. I was open and seeking as a sponge for any knowledge or any practice or any protocol who can improvise my... So I have an open mind. I was not closed-minded. Oh, I just want to train in Jiu-Jitsu and, and, and eat good, med, uh, good... the diet, Gracie diet. No, I was seeking for the best protein I could have. I was seeking for the best training in Jiu-Jitsu. And if I have uh, a weak striker for me, for me to develop my jiu-jitsu against the strikers, I will find those strikers and bring to them. How, how did you feel in the history of jiu-jitsu? Jiu-jitsu comes from Japan, goes to Brazil, goes to Carlos Gracie and Helio Gracie, stays in Brazil. Many years later, Hickson Gracie brings the jiu-jitsu that was forgotten to Japan. Did you feel there was something like kind of almost reconnected you or reconnected jiu-jitsu because you brought what they say this was the jiu-jitsu we forgot now Hickson Grace is in Japan doing the fights how was that connection with you personally to Japan because I think it was a land that brought to us so many amazing memories seeing you fighting see you showing the arts see you showing all these outlets that you have chance to show the world from the day one become all those little challenge to the top of the world yeah i mean after we come into us after hard and promote the ufc after the ufc explode through the world and i've been invited to go to japan i felt like going to japan was maybe the highest level of appreciation of jiu-jitsu because bringing back such a in a such a high level the art so the first thing i did when i win the first tournament was thank you japan to give you to give to brazilians the, the art of jiu-jitsu through Kondi coma and now i feel like very very happy to bring back so i acknowledge that i make that statement to acknowledge Jiu-Jitsu is a Japanese art, which being trained and refined in Brazil, but f find his way back to Japan in order to just... And could not be better represented. Yes, because without the conscience, without the purpose of that, I've been preparing myself and my personal Bushido, which is the code of the samurai. So when I've been there to bring Jiu-Jitsu back, I also bring things I didn't know, like celebration of when you win, a celebration, a big celebration. I did not celebrate because I felt like it was nothing to celebrate. 
I win today, I can lose tomorrow. So it's just one day on the, on the job. It's nothing for sale. Oh, if I was my last fight, maybe celebration, but not. So in the Japanese felt this as a perfect conduct for a fighter was not. So the fact that using white, all the samurais before they, they, before they put the armor, they use a white cloth to, to just... Underneath. Yeah, it's like a spiritual thing. So I was using a dark, a, a white... Uh, yeah, speedo. Or, speedo, yeah, yeah. yeah. The fact, the fact I was having a little mercy from the guy who was already blind in the eye and, and I don't want to punch him, I want to win with techniques, shows compassion, shows... So in the Japanese, different than the other countries, they observe the character of the fighter. It's not just the blows and the sensational aspect. So they observe your personality, what you say, how you act after and before the fight. And I was fulfilling their expectations and representing the code of a, a good samurai. The way I explain, the way I, my, my personal conduct. And that immediately creates some kind of very special relationship between my personality, myself, my jiu-jitsu, and the Japanese audience. So it was know, a they, great... They was love a great, you over there yeah. for who you are. Yes. And I think all of them realize that it is something different about this person. It's not just a fighter. It's someone who respectfully brought back to Japan the jiu-jitsu that born there. I think also a much better version of the jiu-jitsu. But that's why I go back to Japan today and it's kind of... Yeah, uh, it's the same sensation. But the thing is, after Japan, Japan lost the war, all their pride, all the, the samurai instinct, they broke their sword, you know, they just lost their spirit. And uh, my appearance there gave them a good sense of the spirit is back. Never die. It, it never dies. It, it's, a, it's, it's more than just a broken sword. It's, it's the attitude, it's the way they can see. They can, I give a good example of how you should be the new samurai. No, not weapons, but believing in yourself. I think it's more like in a modern time. Yes. You show that to them that uh, with the past, they can have a better future. Yes. That was never forgotten. And was very inspiring for them. And I was trying to find out and, and understand that the fact that leaving Brazil and coming to America, and I think is how is that work on your mind, leaving Brazil as one of the most recognizable athletes in our country, goes to America basically to start from the ground up. Was an amazing feeling because Brazil, in my, my view, gave me everything I could get from. You know, my experience in the fighting scene, my understanding of how to live in a wild place and be able to survive and be able to be resilient, be able to strategize in different ways. So being a Brazilian make you feel like smart. And I'm very thankful for Brazil because they give me a sense of surviving. And of course, in the whole process, I've been learning Jiu-Jitsu. But when I get in America, I felt like 
was a completely different country. It's a country where people obey the law, people is very respectful, people has somehow a more civilized method to live. And I have to learn how to live here because it was a process for me. I come in from a place, you make your ways on the traffic, you make your ways, <laughs> never respect the line. It's a very corrupt place. So I'm used to be a good Brazilian and take advantage of all the elements. And when I get here, I learn, I, I take a shower of civilization, you know, be able to stay on the line and wait, be able to be, you know, expecting attention and, 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 and take your time. So it becomes a different word for me, which I learn a lot. And in that process, every day I was exposed to a new student, bringing techniques, bringing elements. At the first, I could not even speak English. I said, stop, like that, stop, like that, like that, yes. That's the only thing I do the whole class. And I start to learn English, I start to connect with the students because it's important for me as a, a teacher never underestimate my student. So any doctor, any police officer, any businessman I, 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 I was teaching with, I was, it's important for me, I find a way to admire my student, to respect my student, like, like he's supposed to respect me and admire me. So I put myself not in the above and say, no, do what I say, just, but I try to be equalized and, and treat him like, hey, champion, how are you? Good to see you today. And try to learn something from him, a little argument, a little ways for him. So be curious about what he's doing in life and also teach my knowledge. And that way I felt like very present in people's lives, very present in people's development. And once you get that connection with teaching and student, no matter if you're in Brazil, no matter if you're in the US, no matter if you're in Thailand. It's like a word language. It's a word language and suppresses everything. And you feel like you're giving, you serve people, and people give you love and respect and admiration. So I'm blessed because wherever I've been in the world, in any garage or studio or, or hotel, I can express myself and make people be connected to me and that connection brings love, brings positiveness, brings enlightenment. So I'm a happier guy because I come here as a, as a newer guy, a foreigner. And immediately, and, and the way I become relating with people, I've been treated like a brother, like a friend, like a best friend. And I be able to capitalize on that relationships and, and make today I feel like U.S. Is, is as my country, as Brazil because, you know, good friends, good relationships, good learning process. And, and, and I think uh, looking, looking back is this whole process of a mission. U.S. has to be a part of that to make the world learn what Jiu-Jitsu actually is. Yes. And it's, um, it's an incredible process seeing that. What do you think, Hickson, Jiu-Jitsu is missing in today's time? that we used to have so much in uh, the foundation of? I think definitely is the, is the understanding of Jiu-Jitsu as an art form and a complete sense of support you in life. Today, Jiu-Jitsu is very directed to competition, 
to points, to, to time limits, to weight divisions, to using the gi, to expecting a choke but not expecting a punch. You become more like a, a, an athlete instead of being a martial artist. And I feel like with all due respect and all the acknowledgement I do for the athletes which are in the top of the chain and great athletes, great expressions of the sport, I feel like for 90% of the people, this doesn't have no appealing. Because people are not competitive, people are not strong and decide to, to engage in confrontations as... Yeah, amazingly, most of the schools, like maybe two, three percent people actually goes to competition. Yes. The majority doesn't even want to compete or thinking about competition. Yes, but the engagement, the rules of engagement in a school is frightening for somebody who is not comfortable with. So I feel like the missing aspect, because in the past, self-defense was the protocol. And you go there to learn how to avoid yourself to getting punched in the face or headlock. So based on some movements, some simple, regular, aggressive movements, when you start to feel comfortable to dealing with those, you basically walk on the street in a different matter, a much more comfortable approach than you can even be a world champion jiu-jitsu. And if you're not familiar with those defensive punches or things could happen on the street, you be insecure as a as an average Joe. Doesn't matter if you're a world champion jiu-jitsu if you're not comfortable with unpredictable situations. I based on what you just said, you mentioned not long ago, just to show people how Hickson Gracie, one of the persons that people fear the most in the world, in a sense of the fight and all of this. If people know him, one of the sweetest person you can ever met. A situation that uh, you mentioned once that you are with your brother going to the beach to surf. <laughs> then you have a cab driver, something, some altercation, traffic. Then I will let you tell the rest of the story. Yes, I was with Hoyler, just finishing the, the midday class, seeking to go to the beach and surf some waves <laughs> in a very tough, hot day in Brazil. <laughs> traffic jam, like bumper to bumper, and we crazy to get to the beach. And somehow I cut some taxi driver off, and he horn about, bah, 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 and I kind of go back to my place. It was a mistake, man. And eventually the guy close to my side opened the window, and, and he yelled at me and called me names. And the first thing I did was just, I'm sorry, sir, apologize, man, not gonna happen again, okay, have a good day. I said to him, and Hoyler was, Hickson, how you could apologize for a guy who just called you? I said, Hoyler, we just finished training with the tough guys. You know where we're just coming from. We're going to surf, enjoy our lives. The guy here is stuck on traffic. He's bald. He is just old with a fat belly. You want me to stop the car to beat the guy up just because he's desperate come on forgive this guy let him somebody else beat him up let's let's go surf and hoyler up today he said it was the biggest message he ever received because hoyler was a very skinny guy he's not a big big strong guy and for him any guy who's tell him hey get out is an intimidation for him and he's ready to fight 
he, he don't think about forgiveness. He think about prove he's wrong, he's, the guy's wrong. For me, I was such a superior in terms of, of this other guy. I said, let's the guy go, let's forgive them. And for Hoyler, it was a great experience because after that he said, man, I learned how to forgive people. Let them go and find somebody else to beat because I don't have to be there just to respond to their aggressiveness and their insecure state of mind. And it was very relevant and I'm happy with Hoyler's experience. Well, it's interesting <laughs> too because the, the term jujitsu is the gentle art. Yes. You know, you go into an academy and you visually you think in terms of the combat, but really this sense of the, the higher understanding, the deeper understanding of what you're really trying to do is you learn all this so you don't have to do it, you know, yes. it gives you a, a more positive approach yes. to life. Yes, imagine somebody get into school if not the same level of you. You now have to prove him wrong and, and make him feel pain and, and so you're going to accomplish, yeah, good, yeah, try again. So you're going to push the guy to achieve something and, and you feel good, better than you just prove him wrong and, and kick his ass empower the guy and show his possibilities is something that's such a powerful process of you know of, of giving yes and i feel like in the world we have to give energy and receive energy and, and we are in a position for that trade in a very very deep layer in and it's amazing here then we have the book then i'm sure now it's the bestseller book I've been receiving a lot of great messages from people there. Once they start reading a book, they can't stop. <laughs> they just read in whatever time they take, they can't stop. Oh, it's I, not for tomorrow reading, it's for now reading. And I hope they like it because if they don't like it, I have no other life to tell, so it's better <laughs> yeah, like it. <laughs> I, I think for every single one that reads your book, they say it's a life lesson they have and understand because they know you as a fighter, they knew you by everything that you already accomplished, but they never knew you as a child, they never knew you having some, I would say troubles, but going through a lot of things in life to become who, who you are today. And I mentioned everyone, it's the amazing thing was, is a combination of a normal human being, which is not normal, with somebody who in this whole process become, and to me, you're a superhero. And it's amazing and evident, I have to, I always congratulate you for, give everyone around the world a chance to, to know a little bit more about your human side, because they might know about your superhero side. <laughs> and I think it's, it's amazing and so much truthful things here and lessons for people and I think, I hope you, I don't know, find some portions of the story that was not told in this book to know another one. But I think in a much bigger step is, how would you feel today that uh, after all these many years of so much battles, ups and downs and accomplishments, I think uh, we're getting close maybe next month. We're gonna have a, a movie about Hickson Gracie telling yes. on the screen, the silver screen, your life. Yes. How how's that feel from you as looking back and see all those flashbacks until this point? To me it's amazing because um, again I was in a privileged position to see 
a lot of those process life being there but how is that for you how I want you to share that from inside out that how yeah. they fuse and to me is a I have no doubt it will be one of the most amazing movies and I'll say because the fact that I saw a lot of things but to me is a a recognition a way to the world to see every single battle that you did from street fights not that you want to fight on the street but I think every little battle to the life that you went through was need to be done for jiu-jitsu to stay alive yes how's that feel today you looking back and man I'm gonna have a movie about my life with one of the best directors in the world Jose Padilla how's that sinks on you Hickson yeah like the book feels like once it happened even though I feel somehow naked because I expose myself with no limitations I've been very honest about my my process my life feels also uh, a evolutionary process because I'm a normal man who put myself I've been who been putting in un unpredictable situations because I coming from a family who try to raise me as a champion of martial arts which is not common I think they succeed on that for sure yeah but but it's something which was completely unpredictable for me I'm not sure where it goes and I start to capitalize on every experience to try to be follow up the, my father's footsteps my brothers and and try to be following the legacy finding obstacles I have to deal in my own way to resolve it making my mistakes and trying to capitalize on, on the good side of every mistake I did even though I'm not regretting the mistakes I also don't want to repeat them but it was a very important in my process so my life was like a, a very intense life and to the point where I feel like my process my evolutionary process make me feel like from a point where I was focus in battle to win now I like to win without a fight focus more on my invisible jiu-jitsu aspect trying to be in a mission of favor other people with a more let's say more like a soft way to expose jiu-jitsu because in the in the tools of the warrior you have tools like a practical physical like training hard and, and, and be a warrior to battle in a field but also we have the mental tools of the warrior the emotional control the breathing the aspects of calmness in your heart and also we have the spiritual tools which are patience hope acceptance uh, it, it feels today the whole process you went through your life it wasn't easy I I know and I can see today that you you were, were able to package that in a portion that a lot of people that wants to learn jiu-jitsu from everything that you've done in a much softer way and have a bigger impact in their life yes because you, you, you make the the hard work now you're passing that on not so hard for yes people. because if you see in the in the in the statistics of jiu-jitsu for every 10 new students who come in an average academy 
eight will leave in six months. Because somehow they love, they, they're interested to learn Jiu-Jitsu, but they go there to learn and they start to learn. And then at the end of the class, maybe too soon, they spar against a younger guy, a brutal young tough guy or kid, whatever, who, who gonna maybe be, be brutal and, and smash your face or, or touch your elbow in your ears or whatever. And you feel like, wow, man, I love Jiu-Jitsu, but you know, I work in computers, I hurt my finger, I cannot. So diminish the interest, the appealing aspect for an average Joe. The two who stays in the academy, they're gonna become black belts, they're gonna be tough, they're gonna take advantage. But the eight who leaves, they are the most needed ones and they lack yeah. of learning because they have to confront in order to learn. So my suggestion for the bigger audience is to create a, a, a step before that kind of confrontation where you can learn all the skills in Jiu-Jitsu, where you can feel the invisible aspect of leverage, weight distribution, escapes, without the confrontation. That means the first year of practice you should have a training partner who allowed you to, to feel, to send, to, to, to sweat, to lose weight, to feel good, but not depressed, not hurting your ego, not be disappointed, not be frustrated because you get hurt. So after one year, you're able to choose. I get to the student and say, hey man, now you can choose. You can go for the path of getting a blue belt and competing in Jiu-Jitsu against Jiu-Jitsu. Or you can stick here doing the protocols. You're not going to be advancing in belt, but you're going to be sharp in your responses to a, some kind of movements. You're going to be losing weight, you're going to be in shape, but you're not going to fight. But you're going to learn in a sensorial mode how to respond to unpredictable All attack. the benefits that art can provide. Exactly. Breathing, connection. Can you imagine today how dehumanized we are based on technology, robotics, internet, we sometimes, if you see kids with 14, 15 years old who should play, who supposed to be outside playing, they stay in a room watching and, and, and playing. So Jiu-Jitsu can be very good beneficial just for the heartbeat together, just for the breathing, just for the sense of reflexes. It kind of feels that brings people back to nature on their foundation of human beings. Yes. Hickson, what is Jiu-Jitsu for me? And it's very hard to say Jiu-Jitsu without Gracie, because no matter who learns Jiu-Jitsu in the world today, they learn from a Grace member, yeah. directly or indirectly. Yeah. What is Jiu-Jitsu for you? Jiu-Jitsu was, once I start to understand my position, was the facilitator for me to interact with the universe, you know. Through Jiu-Jitsu, I get my identity. Through Jiu-Jitsu, I get my service. Through Jiu-Jitsu, I get my happiness. Because, again, I'm happy not because I just give Jiu-Jitsu, but I receive love and respect and, 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 and friendship. So that kind of trade is spiritual, is positive, and make any professional feel good about, no matter if you make shoes, no matter if you cut meat, if you do well what you do and people appreciate what you do, you'll be respected, you'll be welcome, you'll be loved. So I find myself getting everything I need through Jiu-Jitsu. And that's just like uh, 
a, a priceless treasure for me. And now I try to give back as always. And I receiving a feedback of people who otherwise could not be training Jiu-Jitsu and be inspired to do some kind of softer way and understand the concepts for you because happiness has to be achieved and, and Jiu-Jitsu can make you achieve happiness because teach you how to visualize, teach you how to strategize, teach you how to have emotional control, teach you how to have, you know, the capacity to understand your base and your invisible power. So that's a very powerful element I'm dealing with since I understand myself. And like you, you know, we have a purpose in life which transcends money, transcends, is, is priceless, you know. What, what kind of job you supposed to like to do better than Jiu-Jitsu? I have nothing yeah. comes to my mind. Yeah, I think we, we're definitely looking back today. We're definitely born for this. Yes. And I think my favorite question of all time, and I ask that to every single person, who is Hickson Gracie? I'm a happy guy who passed through a lot of emotions, a lot of losses, a lot of situations in life, but based on the experience I get, I, I'm able to transform in a positive way all the sad things happen with me. I'm, I'm able to preserve all the positive elements within. And uh, if something I have to do for the future, I'm not sure. But f up to today, I've been completely connected with my mission and, and, and that could not be more happy, more, uh, more happy feeling for me than, than that. I have to add a few things into, because sometimes it's, I know Hickson Gracie is someone who changed millions of people's life. Hickson Gracie is a, a role model in so many aspects in people's life. Um, I never met anybody who doesn't like you or respect you or has anything not good to say about you. You've been somebody that if you have a chance to meet Hickson Gracie 30 years ago and you see him today, he would treat you exactly the same as a greatest human being alive and someone that we always see as an example in a lot of things in life. And, uh, the one word I can say is thank you for sharing your knowledge. Thank you for being who you are. And looking forward to see many, many more things from you to change and make people's life a lot better. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. From thank your you. lips to God's ears. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. My brother. All right, guys. Another no give required. Could not be more special than that. Hickson Gracie. Thank you. Thank you. This episode of No View Required was produced by JJ Grappling Incorporated, engineered by Mike Zavalos, and sponsored by The Art of Marcel Santos Fine Art Gallery, JJM 3.0 Advanced Online Training, Lutigear, Authority Auto, and Body LX360.